I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, it is part two of our series, drafting rookie of the year candidates. This time we are looking at the defensive side of the ball. So we're having a conversation about who we think is poised to win defensive rookie of the year, but we're putting a little skin in the game. We're drafting against one another, so we're going back and forth little competition style to go along with the conversation. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sigma. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys for a second time this week to finish part two of our little series here, drafting rookie of the year candidates. The first episode that we had earlier in the week, we drafted offensive rookie of the year candidates. And today we are drafting defensive rookie of the year candidates. Connor, my friend, how the hell are you? I'm good, dude. Listen, uh, rocking the same shirt from the Offensive Rookie of the Year video. Wow, you some laundry, dude. We're definitely yeah. not recording this episode back-to-back. We're definitely no. not doing that. Of course No, not. we would We would never do that. Uh, we would never just do one giant block of episodes all together and then release them throughout the week. I'm excited, man. We were talking off-air about how this group, unlike Offensive Rookie of the Year, it doesn't have the same hype effect, and it also makes it a little bit more difficult, in a sense. And I think the... The odds kind of dictate that. I, I mean, there's this big cluster of guys grouped together right in the middle here. So yeah. this this there'll be a lot of strategy to this side. And as we saw last year, Trevor, when you selected the winner uh, in Sauce Gardner, you took him as your last pick. So it, defensive rookie of the year could be really really tough. I gotta I gotta pull this up. Where uh, I, I didn't have the tab open for last year. Bad on me. Should have been a better podcast host. Okay, so. The draft last year, if you guys remember, if you were rocking with us last year, one salute to you. You guys were year one uh, addicts Uh, in awe at the size of that dub. Um, And what we'll do is we go back and forth and we snake draft against one another. Did I go first? I had to have gone first in this one. Yeah, this one I think you did. You went first in the offensive rookie of the year draft. I went first in the defensive rookie of the year draft. I took Aiden Hutchinson first overall. Then you took Kayvon Thibodeau. And Kyle Hamilton. Kayvon Thibodeau, yep. obviously, that makes sense. We went back-to-back with the pass rushers that we thought were going to get the most sacks, and that often wins the award. He took the wild card and Kyle Hamilton. Then I went back-to-back. Oh, wow, I went Trayvon Walker and George Karloftis. I was loading up yep. on defensive linemen. Then you went Nicobe Dean and, and Devin Lloyd. I got Stingley, and then I got Sauce. I <laughs> got Sauce is my yeah. fifth pick. I'm surprised you let me get Sauce. I don't know. 
I'm actually I, Fulcher, I was not confident in a corner being able to win this award last year. And not only did Sauce win, Tyreek Woolen was a finalist. So two You're of the three right. guys at the ceremony as finalists, the other was Aiden Hutchinson, the number one overall mm. pick here, were corners. Uh, so very odd year. I know Marshawn Lattimore won this award a couple of years ago, but I mean, you it takes two things, right? It takes one, a special year from that player. And two, it takes the pass rushers to not have a really, really good year. Full honesty. I'm looking. Do you, do you have something other than pro football reference up to see what the voting was last year? No. Because I have pro football reference up. Okay. And it has six players that received at least one vote for defensive player of the year. Sauce Gardner, overwhelming favorite. He got 242 votes. Aiden Hutchinson got 129 points, okay. voting points. Tariq Woolen got 73, so that was the big one. Fourth was Kayvon Thibodeau, who only got three voting points, so nobody really voted for Kayvon. But then there are two players on here who received one point. Jalen Petrie and Sam Williams. What? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Do, uh, does the, does the, the voting goes by ballot, right? Yes. So you, so you would have, do you go first, second, third, or do you go first, second, third, fourth, fifth? Because that would be crazy to me. You must only you must only be able to go first, second, third for a ballot. Yes, yes. So somebody voted for, one person voted for Jalen Petrie as their number three right. person. And then somebody else voted for Sam Williams. Sam Williams. Sam Williams, who wow. had... Shout out to your brand, though. Uh, yeah. You like Sam Williams, right? I did you, like Sam like Williams. Situationally. Yeah, I did. I I had him I thought in the top 60 maybe that year. He had four sacks. Wow, big uh, win for you. Some nice fumble luck. He recovered three fumbles. <laughs> <laughs> like, weird. Yeah, no, that uh, that's odd. I know Petrie is somebody that Texans fans and media are really high on and had some big moments. He also missed a ton of tackles. Yes, um, yeah. It's a so very hot and cold year, a crazy amount of tackles. So, listen, it wasn't a – as this. I look at this group that we drafted, it wasn't a great year for the defensive rookies. Mm-hmm. I think Sauce was exceptional. I thought Hutchinson and Thibodeau had some moments. Obviously, Hutch- Tariq Woolen was, a, was an incredible surprise. Yeah, yeah. That's really all that really jumps out to me. Yeah, um, I felt last year when we did this exercise – the way that you felt earlier this week about Bijan Robinson is honestly how I felt about Aiden. Like I, I, right. I knew that that Kayvon could certainly win defensive rookie of the year, and you taking him with the second overall pick totally made sense. It was those guys at one and two, but I wasn't sure we would get a 
totally unlocked Kayvon Thibodeau right off the bat. And I felt like we were I mean, going to get that pretty quickly from Aiden. And I also thought that Aiden was going to play immediately right away. So I was pretty confident that Aiden Hutchinson was going to win defensive rookie of the year. And then Sauce Garner was the best corner in football. It's, it's, like, it's just like wild, crazy, truly wild, crazy, crazy, truly wild. And I, I you no. know, as, as the person who drafted him, I, I, I knew all along. You just wanted to show off and be like, I don't even need to use a top four pick on him. I'll take him fifth. I'll take him with my last pick. <laughs> All right. So brings us to this year. So that means you won. So like yep. I got to do for offensive rookie of the year, you get to select Ooh. if you want to go first or if you don't, which is kind of fascinating here to me. I'm going to go first because I think there is a clear one and then who freaking knows? Like, I think that I am very curious. Do you have these guys ranked? Do you have them in order? Like a group of guys that you would pick? Yeah. So I also have them ranked. I would like to go over these at the end of the episode because okay. I bet they are all over the place. But I am going to go. I'm going to I'm going to pick number one overall. OK. And I'm and I'm going to take Will Anderson. OK. I have to take Will Anderson. Will Anderson has the best odds right now. He's plus 350 to win defensive rookie of the year. Um, I, where I was looking when I was doing some research on this, the next closest is a two-way tie for plus 800 was the list that I was looking at. Um, so it's there's not really anybody close to Anderson right now. And you're talking about a player who, sure, maybe he 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 did. Now, I want to say maybe. He won off athleticism a lot at the college level. He is he was simply a better football player and a better athlete than a lot of the players that he was going up against. And that won't that level of dominance and level of success relying on athleticism as a primary is not going to be the same at the NFL. It's just not not right away. He's got to really round out his pass rush profile and his pass rush moves to allow that athleticism to continue to shine. So I think it's going to be a little bit of time for him. I don't think he's going to come in and just light the world on fire. But this is a guy who lived in the backfield, right? Nobody in college football over the last two years had anywhere close to as many pressures as Will Anderson, especially two years ago. That season where he should have been a Heisman Trophy finalist with how many pressures that he was racking up, the backfield production that he got as just a true sophomore. So uh, with that being the case, we know that he's been able to step on the field at a young age at Alabama at a very high level and produce. I think that's going to be the same at the NFL, um, even though... I, I am worried a little bit about what his pass rush plan is going to be in his rookie season volume and opportunity alone experience as well. I should throw that in there is why I got to take him number one. It, it's interesting. I totally get it. I actually wouldn't have taken him number one, Whoa. which is, I know is a surprise. And so my fears here, obviously odds don't matter here because we're just drafting who we think is going to win it. Man, Not I, messed, I messed up. I got bad intel. I thought you were also going to take Anderson, so I felt like I had to swoop him. That's, I threw a smoke screen at you. Yeah, I got to talk to my intel. I told, guys. All, I told all the insiders the wrong. Dude, I got to. I got to talk to my intel department. That was not. That's not good. It was close, really close, rightly so. Will Anderson is a great player. He is going to be a franchise cornerstone for the Texans. I do worry about year one, in the fact that I don't know how many games the Texans are going to be leading that lets him constantly pin his ears back and go. And I do worry about if he's even good out of the gate, not great. Mm -hmm. Teams just try to wipe him out and say, have somebody else beat us. 
Like, we don't fear really a lot of people in this front right now. We'll double Will Anderson. We don't care. Yeah. We don't care. That's yeah. my fear. All due respect why, to Roy Lopez. But, but all, all due respect to the GOAT. The un, Now everybody's unverified, so it's actually really funny. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> like, we waited full circle. We were like, please verify Roy Lopez. And now wait, it's, not, wait. it's not cool at all to be verified at anymore. Oh, I'm, I'll, whoa, whoa, hold on. I'm verified. What do you mean? No, you're not. I am. Go check it. I did. Do you? Oh, this account is verified because it's an affiliate of PFF on Twitter. Wow. Okay. I I take it back. What's up? It, it can be cool What's to be verified. <laughs> it's not this account subscribed to Twitter Blue. <laughs> this is cool. I like this. You even have a little PFF tag next to your name. No, brother. And you didn't have to put that on there. It's just automated. No, it's just automated in there. Our social guy, uh, Zach Tantillo, hooked me up with it. He, one day he was just like, he was just like, "Hey, you're verified now." And I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna get absolutely roasted." And yes. I just tried to, I tried to get ahead of it. And like in all the football group chats, I, I myself, <laughs> no I way. myself typed in the football group chats. I was like, "I'm verified now. Please roast me." And I just like for the next couple of hours, it was just, you know, look at this dude. So, dude, that is. It. I like that you needed to put out a PR statement. Like your publicist was like, we, we got to explain ourselves. This is not Twitter blue. I'm not this an is... absolute dweeb. No, no. Wow. Okay. So this is a cool way to be verified. Yeah. This is, this is cause it's, it's a really bad look nowadays. Like you, you go to a tweet that you're interested in, whether it's a highlight or whatever it is. And you see like five replies underneath it of like jabroni central, like 31 followers verified. <laughs> And they're just spamming, like, follow my content or, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hire me to make you a graphic. Twitter is is truly uh, never been more of a disaster. Roy, Roy Lopez. Roy Lopez. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say, Roy Lopez, still not verified, though. Still still not verified. So. Oh, man. Wow. Shout out to Roy Lopez. That's a good trip down memory lane. So, Trevor, you are verified in the only cool way to be verified. Anyways, I'm taking Jalen Carter with my okay. first pick here. <laughs> okay. Um. Not really a shock. He has the second best odds. Although right now you could still get Jalen Carter at plus 700. Man, if he's locked in with the Eagles, he has an opportunity to play a lot. He's got so much talent around him. They're going to be winning a shitload of football games that they're just going to be like, hey, Jalen Carter, do no thinking. Just use your talent and and rush the passer. Mm -hmm. It's very hard for a defensive tackle, obviously, to post big time stats, especially as a rookie. But man, Jalen Carter, what a situation. All the talent around him. He is so good. I don't know, Trev. I'd, there's always a lot of risk with Carter. I mean, is he going to be ready to roll? Mm -hmm. Is he going to keep his head screwed on and, you know, really be the player that we know he could be? And that's why the odds are all the way down to plus 700, because until he has that first sack in the preseason, everybody's going to have this fear factor with him. Uh, but I have to take him here and i would have taken him number one overall with all of the risk which is a little crazy uh, but i think this dude's gonna have a really big tie he fell into a situation just tailor made for him to have success in the nfl level see i don't i do not disagree with the opportunity that he has in the situation with the eagles but the reason why i was very intrigued to hear what your ranking was going into this exercise which we're going to talk about at the end of the episode is because jalen was ninth on my big board okay because i don't think he'll play enough 
I just, I don't think he'll play enough. Even if he was a specialized dude, I don't know if the, I don't know if there's going to be enough reps there. Now I am not saying that Carter is not worthy of as many reps right. as they can possibly give him, but on a defensive interior alone that has Fletcher Cox coming back. I get it. Sure. I know he's older. He's going to be in a rotation anyways, but Milton Williams, who they like Jordan Davis, who they obviously like they, then you throw Jalen Carter in there. You also have Brandon Graham. You got Josh Sweat. You got Derek Barnett. Like there's so many, and that's not to mention kind of the outside linebacker type of like Hassan Reddick, and then you're throwing Nolan Smith in there as well. Right. There's just so many players now. On one hand, that could open things up for Carter, but on another, is he gonna get enough snaps to get enough stats to win defense for a give year? I didn't believe in it, but I can't sure. remember who's the who's the player that we were just talking about on the last episode that you were super high on that. I wasn't with opportunity. Who was it? Oh, who was it? Who was it? Who was it? It was, uh, yes, it was Kincaid. It's the same exact thing. You believe the other side of the coin of the opportunity being there. And I'm just a little, uh, I'm just a little scared of it. So, all right, there Uh, we go. It makes sense to me. I get it. Will Anderson, Um, Jalen Carter right there. All right. So I get to pick again. Yep. This for me is Devin Witherspoon, and we just saw a corner win this award. We saw Witherspoon's teammate, Tariq Woolen, as a runner-up for this award, one of the runner-ups. He's so talented. He is so, so talented. I think now we are in an era where tracking cornerback success is more available to the public and very important. And we are not in the era of, did you have six to eight interceptions or did you not? Did you break up 15 passes or did you not? We're in this era of yards per route, a lot of different coverage metric ratings. um, And it matters a lot. And it can really illustrate the kind of impact a player is making on the field without the ball coming their way. And I think when you look at Sauce Gardner last year, he only had two interceptions, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, but everybody knew how good Sauce Gardner was. Not just right. Jets fans, not right. just Jets media. It, it really has changed. Um, to put it in perspective, Marshawn Lattimore, when he won Defensive Rookie of the Year, he had five interceptions. Yeah, he broke up was, eighteen passes. That's why. That's why he won. Ball production is why he won. One hundred percent. Now Sauce did break up twenty passes, but he only had two picks. Right. But he was so good, and I think Witherspoon. I I liked Witherspoon. He was my top corner. I think he could. I've said before. I think he'd be the best defensive player to come out of this draft. I don't know if he's sauce. It's been nonstop. Good (laughs) God! So and nothing's happening. It's like nothing's ever happening. By the way, you you would think I live in God knows where in Gotham City, right? Seriously, (laughs) that's what it would feel like. And it's probably like somebody went through a traffic light or something like that. Anyways. So, Devin Witherspoon here. Trev, I love the player. He's going to start. He's going to start on a good football team. Yeah. This is a this is a weird, this is a little factor here. Mm-hmm. He's very brash. He's very loud. He's going to have a brand. That matters here for national recognition. It I really does. It I really don't does. Know, I don't know how much early hype Sauce Garner gets if his name's not Sauce. Of course, everybody's right? like, oh, this this dude? His like, name's Saw. So, well, I, I know that that's not his actual name, but like the name, name. the name was Sauce Gardner. 
You know, like I, I genuinely think as, as, as silly as it is, that goes into it. We talked about who we, who we talked about last episode. I had a terrible memory where, um, Bijan, I was talking, I was talking about Bijan Robinson when I was saying because of his hype and who he is, right. if he starts out hot, this guy could basically coast to the award just because he sure. started Run out hot train. first four or five weeks. I uh, that that was, I felt like not that sauce only started off hot, but like those little things can sometimes be the reason why you become either a favorite or a runaway favorite. And I agree with you that Devon Witherspoon is going to be in that category of, of guys who are notable like that. Yeah. Just a different kind of mentality on the field. And, and he shows it. He there's, he's got a little flair to his game, like a little oh, totally. showman totally. attitude on the field. And I think that matters here. So Witherspoon, who you can get for plus 1000 right now is my second pick in this draft. Yeah. What did I have for Witherspoon? Oh yeah. On the site that I was looking at, I had plus 900. So he was the, he was the fourth best odds. So um, definitely understand that. And his dynamic of being opposite Tariq Woolen is very fascinating as well. Right. Do teams go away Great point. Tariq Woolen. So is the ball going to be coming his way no matter what? Is he going to have a chance to get his hands on those interceptions, uh, forces and completions? It feels like it might be a little bit of a boomer bust situation because the ball might come to him a lot. But that's also a reason why he could be a massive favorite because if the ball coming his way, if the production is there, just like it was for Tariq Woolen, right? They kept throwing it his way. He kept either breaking it up or picking it off. So that's the way that it goes with corners. I'll talk a little bit more about that when I get to uh, one of my next guys. I'm What's hesitant. he doing? I'm hesitant to take this next guy. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go with the player that I'm going to pick no matter what here okay. on this go around and I'm going to pick Emmanuel Forbes. Um I think I think Forbes is going to start for Washington. They clearly liked him a lot. So I think that that path to playing time is going to be there for him. And you just mentioned it with uh, Marshawn Lattimore when he won Defensive Rookie of the Year. We talked about it a little bit with Tariq Woolen and how many interceptions that he had. Shoot, two years ago, we were talking about this a little bit with Trayvon Diggs, right? All the interceptions that he was getting. Is he a defensive player of the year candidate simply because of the takeaways because they mean that much? Emmanuel Forbes... Nobody's had more interceptions. Nobody's had more ball production. You and I talked about, okay, some of that's a little opportunistic. I'll definitely admit that. But this guy's also just a really good ball skills type of a player. He's a former wide receiver. He's played both sides of the ball. He's not one of those guys that plays corner just because he can't catch. If he is getting targeted a lot and he's coming away with takeaways, right? If we get four, five, six takeaways from this guy, which... You can make a case that that could happen given, given, yeah. right, given why he was picked so high in this past draft. I think that could be a major differentiator for him versus other guys is the amount of takeaways that he could get. So uh, I'm at, I'm going I'm going with Forbes here as my second overall pick for defensive rookie of the year. And he's got a good pass rush in front of him. Where yes, yes, yes. Like there'll be some there'll be some questionable throws or decisions, and Forbes has a guy with ball skills that you think capitalizes on those. So. I get where you're thinking right there. If people listening by now, if you've made it through offensive rookie of the year episode, and now you're halfway or almost halfway into this one. Obviously, Trevor and I doing this as a draft. We focus on how the award system works. We're not necessarily saying the best career or anything like that. Right. It's just this year. Situation matters so much. 
and, and that really alters how we draft here. So, all right, so you take Forbes and you have another pick. Yeah, I. so this is the guy that I was debating. I think I have to take Tyree Wilson here. Um, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that I... I've... You despise Tyree Wilson. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You dropped your knees and screamed I think he's a backup. No, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. But I'm just, I'm cautious of... Sniff a CFL roster. <laughs> I'm cautious of what his impact is going to be given his path to production um, during his time in college, whether it was leaving Texas A&M or taking until his fifth year to really break out like we saw this past year. Does he really know what he's doing as a pass rusher or is he just big? Is he just uniquely <laughs> big, can activate that speed to power very, very well and overwhelm people? Sometimes he could really shoot the gap. And obviously those long arms, those that long wingspan um, goes into what makes a good backfield disruptor. But is it going to turn out to backfield production in his rookie season? I'm not so sure. I'm also a little bit worried about the foot injury. Right? You and I heard around draft time that his foot might not be healthy by the time the season rolls around. Now I haven't really heard anything to follow that up, but that was something Nothing. that seems seemed to be a concern. So we'll have to monitor whether or not that continues to be a concern as we get into training camp. But all that to say, they pick him top 10 for a reason, really struggled to get after the passer. Chandler Jones was not the Chandler Jones of old last year. Max Crosby was once again, a man alone on that defensive line. And Tyree Wilson's just straight up going to play, you know, whether they're good, they were good. They want to kick him inside during third down opportunities or pass rushing opportunities or play him as a full-time edge use Chandler Jones more as the rotational guy who's playing on the left and right side of the line of scrimmage. And Tyree Wilson's the starter. I don't know how it's going to be, but I know that he's going to have plenty of opportunities to get backfield production. And like we mentioned before, the last three winners of this award, or sorry, before Sauce Garner, the last three winners of this award were Michael Parsons, Chase Young, Nick Bosa. Sacks. It's backfield production. That's how yep. you it's basically how you win this award. Um, so volume alone, opportunity alone, even with me being lower on him than the consensus, I gotta go with Tyree Wilson here as my third pick. Listen, I, I've said before, he's so strong, long, and powerful that he might figure out nothing this year in terms of developing into a pass rusher and he'll walk into six sacks. Right. Like that, right. It's like, it's wild. It's wild to say that about someone at the NFL level where everybody's big and strong and fast, but this dude is just on a different category of that. I've been laughing at that video of him at the rookie premiere in the elevator. Have Wait, you, I don't I know if you've seen this. this. He's with, he's with he's JSN. In, he's in the elevator. He's, he's in the elevator with a couple of the guys and he's just like the kid on the pop Warner field that you're like, this kid is 17 playing with the 12 year olds. Like what is going on, dude? He's just so hilariously big and, and it, he looks like kind of harmless, right? Like he doesn't have like, <laughs> he has like a happy face, but you know, he could just run right through you on the field. So <laughs> I like your Tyree Wilson pick a lot. Obviously the variable with him that you highlighted is the foot. So mm -hmm. we'll see, we'll see what happens with that and hope he has a healthy rookie season. All right, so I'm on the clock for my third overall pick. I'm taking Jalen Carter and Devin Witherspoon. I'm going to take Jack Campbell here, and oh. I I'm really, really happy to get him here. Damn, I, actually, I thought I, I was going to get him. No, you were not. I almost Damn. took him. I almost took him number two. Um, oh, good pick. Yeah, he is my favorite 
value bet for defensive rookie of the year. There yep. are multiple sports yep. books that you can get him at plus 1800. I think the public has, Dude, I, got him at, I got him at, I got him at plus 2,500 wow. on the book, on the book that I was looking at. That is pretty special territory. Yes. I, I put in actually a real ticket on him. I think it was at plus 2000. It started to move because of the public. He's been a value bet. He is somebody that was taken earlier than people expected. He's going to start. He's a really good football player. He's a fundamentally sound football player. I think he quietly even reel in a few interceptions that'll mm-hmm. help fill up that stat sheet with the tackles, the TFLs. Um, I have no idea if they're going to give him any chance to blitz because chipping in a couple sacks here or there would really, really help and go a long way for this one. I think the lines are going to be pretty good. I think the NFL expects the Lions to be good. When you look at how they've been propelled on their schedule, it's a division that is theirs for the taking. Finally, I like Jack Campbell a lot. There was no way I couldn't take him here at three. He is a stat sheet filler, and that does matter for this award. And Trevor is sick to his stomach. No, I thought I, I, I don't know why I thought I was going to get him, at the turn, <laughs> but I did. I thought that I was going to get him at the turn. There's a, I should have left, you know what? I should have, I should have left you Tyree Wilson. Cause then you I was actually like very surprised. I'm like, he's just by brand. He's not going to touch Tyree Wilson. No, I had to do it. I gotta, I gotta watch. Well, he wins you the award. That, that's, isn't that funny how that works? Like I remember last year I was like, I can't just take all the jets. And like, I hesitated on sauce. So my corner won't win the award. He's a great player, but he won't be that good right away. Yeah. That's how it goes. You did take Jermaine Johnson though. Tough scene. I did take Jermaine Johnson. So I, I stuck to my guns and and took almost all of the Jets first rounders and second rounders last year. All right, no, number four. Oh, I was gonna, ahead, I was I was just gonna say I'm with you. I'm with you on Campbell, man. They were raving about this dude. Um, and the more we learn, the more it seemed like multiple teams had oh, first yeah. round grades or at least first round eyes on this dude to make him a potential first round pick for them this past draft. Um, the Buccaneers they released their behind yep. the scenes video of them talking about, okay, well, they're kind of, kind of coming up on the clock. They had two guys that they really liked and Todd Bowles, if you can kind of read between the lines of what he was talking about, he said, we had two players on the board. And when Detroit went with the linebacker, then we were going to get, player on the board. we were going to get Kalijah Kings. Right. Then he was like, then we had our other guy on the board. So it seemed like the Buccaneers were, were in on Jack Campbell as well at pick, 19 right after that i'd heard the buffalo bills were interested as well uh at the back end of the first round if he was going to make it at that point so they're going to play him he's jack campbell is going to play and i think that he's going to have plenty of volume as well him and um and and malcolm rubber you guys are going to be a fun linebacker duo for for detroit i think so too and we know the kind of pass rush talent they have around him so back on the clock this field right now is just hilariously wide open I mean, it really is. There are obviously plenty of pass rushers here. I am going to go with Christian Gonzalez. Okay. And All right. It's one of those weird ones, right? Where you look at it and go, okay, back to corner again, which it's it's obviously gotten better for corners to win this award as the reasons I stated when I talked about Sauce and Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Gonzalez goes to a place where he's going to be coached up extremely well at the position. I think this is a great landing spot for him. I think he's going to be given a true outside corner spot that he's going to be very comfortable in. And it's tricky, right? It's when you look at it. And by the way, he is uh, his best odds are plus 1200, but his odds are also as low as plus 950 
on a notable sports book. So yeah. pretty big range for him. That's that's not a ton of value for a guy I do consider a long shot, but I like taking the swing here. He's going to have to have a couple interceptions. He did get a lot better at Oregon finding the football and making those plays. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe in New England's development at this position. And I really like the player. I thought he was a top 10 player in the draft. I didn't think he deserved a slide. And I, it's one of those ones where you ask after the draft, like, why did Gonzalez slide? No team was like, we had bad medical on him. We had bad character on him. It was none of that. Some guys just fall. Teams just fall in love with other players. Mm-hmm. So I'll take Gonzalez here um right after jack campbell yeah not bad right and you figure he's going to get on the field pretty quickly because he is that different style of corner right he is the taller bigger corner who has the athleticism to move really well as well but when you look at the rest of that new england secondary it's a lot of short players you know it's it's 510 it's 59 it's 58 and you got christian gonzalez sitting there above six feet so you know that they're going to get him in the game plan and and you know that he's going to have a chance to get some ball production too problem is one hell of a division to be a rookie cornerback in. Yeah. You got to deal with Josh Allen and that cast of characters. Yeah. The Tyree kill Jalen Waddle combo under Mike McDaniel and Aaron Rodgers. If you have to cover Garrett Wilson, but I'll take the swing here. Yep. Yep. So I, I, I don't hate that one. He was, he was definitely in that group. So for my two picks to round out my draft, I think I just got to go pass rusher heavy. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Lucas Van Ness with uh, my first selection here. He's plus 1200. He had the sixth best odds um, where I was looking. And then my next pick is going to be Will McDonald, who was okay. plus 2000. He had, he was tied for the ninth best odds. And I think Van Ness has a easier path to playing time, right? I know that um, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary are going to be the starters there at the edge spots in green Bay, but we know that Lucas Van Ness has the interior defensive line background. We know that he can get on the field in a variety of different ways. He could play as a odd front defensive end because he's got that power profile to him. You know, he's not going to shy away from that. He's got a motor that runs hot. He could be a stand-up outside linebacker for them when they're in the three-down front. Uh, if they go four down, he could play defensive end. I think they'll move him into three-technique defensive tackle sometimes to get creative on obvious passing situations. So the versatility part of his scouting report that people use as a positive are reasons why I'd pick him here. Cause I just feel like he's going to get on the field a lot. You don't have to just say, Oh, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary are there. Lucas Van Ness isn't going to play. Right. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that they're going to get creative with how they use him and how they get him on the field, especially, like I said, just because the motor's running hot at all times, you want guys along your front seven um, and your defensive front who just are playing with their hair on fire. And that's what Lucas Van Ness does. So he's going to get on the field there. And then Will McDonald, even though I don't, I don't fully believe the jets when they're like, Oh yeah. Will McDonald was our guy all along. Yeah. Okay. Um, even though I don't Sal's, fully, Sal's a pretty good politician, even though I don't fully agree with that. I, they do clearly like the player. And I think that it's easy to like the player when you watch what he was able to do at Iowa state, how you say, okay, he wasn't even really put in a position to succeed as a explosive pass rusher during his time at Iowa state. You saw him in those positions at the senior bowl and he played very, very well. He was, he was one of the most dominant players there uh, all week long. So I think that the Jets are going to use him more as that specialized pass rusher. If Bryce Huff wasn't on this team, I'd feel better about this. Like when That's I good point. when I was thinking about who to pick at my last turn, and I ended up going with Tyree Wilson, it was between Will McDonald and Tyree Wilson. 
And I just, I went back and I looked again at the Jets depth chart and like, yes, I think that Will McDonald's going to get on the field. Yes, I think he's going to get a handful of sacks in his rookie season. But Bryce Huff was so good at that specialized pass rush role for them that you know both of those guys are going to play. And I think they're going to take away from each other's playing time a little bit. Will that make a great scenario for the Jets? Yes. It's what you want when you're building a team, not when you're trying to win an award. Especially when you are talking about a team that's trying to make a deep run into the postseason. You want as many of these pass rushers as possible. But when it comes to uh, winning awards, it's not the best scenario. So I'll take a little bit of a long shot here because I believe in how much the Jets like this guy and how they are going to play him. But I am a little bit reserved about how many opportunities he's going to have. It's a great point. It's one of those things where one unfortunate injury over summer and you're like, well, now he's going from 30% of the snaps to 60. That's true, too. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is a little different. Um, I, I I think you nailed it with the point of the McDonald pick feels like he's a nice luxury this year, but he is really there to replace Bryce Huff in 2024. Right. And that's that's going to be the tricky part. So we'll see. But to be fair, Bryce Huff and Carl Lawson have had significant injuries throughout their NFL career that you never know what could happen. I'll close this thing out with Kalaja Kansi. And Ooh. I love the player. I think he is just a total... Um, you know, undersized D line that just wreaks havoc in the best possible way. A unique athlete at the position. He's playing next to Vita Vea, which I absolutely adore. Like, I mm-hmm. think that's just such a great situation for him to have a little protection next to him where the Bucks can look at Cansey and go, man, we're going to maximize your athleticism against interior matchups that make sense for you. So I thought Cansey was a top 15 player in the draft. I think he'll end up being a star for the Bucks. And once again, it's a, it's kind of tough to expect significant sack production from defensive tackles as rookies. It really takes a while for the green lights to come on. Look at all the guys that just got paid, right? Deron Payne, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons, who was pretty good right away, but he got even a lot better. Quinton Williams is about to get paid. It took him a couple of years for the green light to come on. Mm-hmm. It is a very hard position to get your feet wet, but I just think Cansey is so good that I'll still take my dart throw it with him at number five. You know, it, it 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 definitely makes sense getting him at the tail end of this draft and taking a flyer on him. I don't know what the Bucks' defensive line rotation is going to be this year. Great question. I really don't know. Vita Vea is obviously going to play. Shaq Barrett, when he's healthy, is going to play. But Shaq's coming off of an Achilles injury, so yeah, that takes all, a while. That it's one. always really tough to come back from because it's it's such a big part of the the flexibility that you have to turn the corner and play the speed game. So if you take Shaq Barrett out of this, you have Vita Vea, who you know is either going to play three technique or zero tech, what, or anything in between really He's going to be that interior defensive lineman who plays that. Then you have Cansey, you have Greg Gaines, who they brought over to bring the beef from the Los Angeles Rams to make up for Akeem Hicks. You have Logan Hall, who they drafted very highly the year before. You got yeah. Yaya Diaby. You got Anthony Nelson, who they've been getting more and more in the rotation. You get Joe Tryon Shoyenka, who you're still kind of waiting for that big breakout year. They got Jose Ramirez, who I know that they liked as well, who they drafted a little bit later this year. You got Pat O'Connor, who's just a very, uh, very solid like depth player for them. But how much is he going to play? How much does he go into that rotation? So there's just a ton of names. And you can look at it one of two ways, right? We've talked about there being two sides of the coin for a lot of these players. You can look at it and say, okay, there's nobody really proven in front of Clyde Jacansi. The opportunity is going to be, he has the opportunity to 
earn those pass rushing snaps, earn those snaps as a rookie. And I think that that's totally true. But then also there's the big, well, how much time might be quote unquote wasted this year, figuring out which position he's best. Because a lot of people say, okay, well, he's too small to play as a three tech. All right. Well, is he built the way that you want him to be to play as an edge? You know, like he's got the weight. He doesn't have the arm length. And so there's a lot of this right. tweener, what could be for Kalai Jacansi that it's like, how do you look at this? Do you say he's going to earn a spot on that defensive line? Cause there aren't a lot of spots that are already claimed. Or are you going to go, man, they're going to take this whole year to really just figure out where he's best and let year two, year three be kind of that springboard for him to get the most out of his talents. I'm not sure, but Tampa, li- Tampa likes him a lot <laughs> and they're going to, they're going to get him on the field. I just don't know in what capacity and in what rotation. That was the thing, right? It was a, what dart do I want to throw here? Like I could have went with Felix and DK Uzama because he yeah. should be in advantageous situations. Deontay Banks from the Giants. He's going to have a lot on his plate, but if he passes the test, he'll be in the mix. Yeah. And then, I mean, then really, like, once again, I like Nolan Smith, but that that rotation is insanely deep. Yeah. Insanely deep. I really like Brian Branch, the player. I don't know what kind of production Brian Branch has as a rookie. I agree. Right away. The, so, other, guy was it, Miles, the yeah. other guy was Miles Murphy. Right. Just because I think he's got the body type to say, Hey, if you need to step in somewhere, we can expect something from you. So, I mean, he's, he's going to play well against the run right away. And what you get from him in terms of an effort power rusher early on is a bonus. Mm. And the Bengals defense really good, really well coached. He's playing with talent. Yeah. That's a sneaky one. That really is. And so it's funny how we talk about miles Murphy now compared to how we talked about miles Murphy this time last year where it was like this time last year with summer scouting, it was like, man, this dude has a full toolbox where if he figures it out, like he's going to mm-hmm. be pretty special. And he, he didn't take that step, but that doesn't mean at 21 years old, he still can't take that step. Right. Yeah. We do often forget um, how young some of these guys are. Okay. Do you have your ranking? I do. Okay. What was your, what was your, what was your ranking? Can you go one to 10 for me? Yep. Jalen Carter at number one, yep. at number two, Will Anderson. At number three, Devin Witherspoon. At number four, Jack Campbell. Number five, Tyree Wilson. Six, Christian Gonzalez. Seven, Lucas Van Ness. Eight, Kalaja Kansi. Nine, Will McDonald. And ten, Deontay Banks. Okay, so mine is very different than yours. I had Will Anderson at one. I had I have Tyree Wilson at two, but obviously, like I, you, you heard you the way that I talked about it. You were disgusted. It was, it was Will. An- <laughs> you threw up in your mouth when you made the pick. It was Will Anderson and then a big giant, I don't know, throw a dart at the dartboard. So I had I had Tyree Wilson at two. I had Emmanuel Forbes at three. I had Will McDonald at four. But again, I looked back at the depth chart and I was like, okay, I need to be probably a little bit lower on him. I had Jack Campbell after him at five. I had Lucas Van Ness next, um, Christian Gonzalez, then Devon Witherspoon, then Jalen Carter, then Miles Murphy at 10. Okay. I like so the I- Miles Murphy call out. I feel like I missed on him. I saw, so you had Carter, you had Carter one and you had Witherspoon three. I had Carter nine and Witherspoon eight. So we were just, we, that was a big difference for us. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. I had Campbell at four. I honestly, I mean, I would, yeah, I was taking him early no matter what. I looked at Jack, I looked at Jack Campbell at plus 2,500 on this list and I was like, oh, Connor's not going to take him. Oh, no. I feel like they're just, those odds are just wrong. 
it's I, it's I agree. you always can find a couple if the sports book will let you bet on it and <laughs> don't get me going um <laughs> the, they're trying to keep our boy down they are our boys they're... out here cashing checks I was trying to, trying to keep next. them down. Did not work. Well, big, I did. I, big yeah. casino is trying to keep big, our boy big, down. Big casino is after me <laughs> in the worst way. And it, I'm not doing anything obviously illegal. No, you just, you I just, just win it. It's just, you get, you get a couple wins here or there. And apparently that's still illegal in this country. Didn't know that. So they, they can limit you. I wasn't going to bring down. it up. You brought it up though. Which no, is... it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> It's it's not like every it's not like I'm catch me if you can. Every sports book is like, do not let this man <laughs> travel in. There is a sports book, and I will never name which it is. Um, no, that just totally not. totally zapped. Like I'm just sitting here trying to bet on a five dollar home run, and they're like, sir, we'll let you bet thirty cents on that because hmm. if you hit if you hit a couple bets, uh, you can't really can't really be a big player anymore, Trevor. Very interesting. So, very interesting. Very interesting. The very more you know. From big but casino. The more you know, too, big casino. Big is big casino onto the pod. People yeah, are saying, no, yeah, we gotta. We gotta are saying that big casino is onto the NFL stock exchange. Yeah, hundred percent. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, utterly ridiculous. Re- recapping the draft, uh, I got Will, the defensive rookie of the year. Obviously, I got Will Anderson, Emmanuel Forbes, Tyree Wilson, Lucas Van Ness, and uh, Will McDonald. Connor got Jalen Carter, Devon Witherspoon, Jack Hamble, Christian Gonzalez, and Kalijah Cansey. As always. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know whose list that you thought was better, and we want to hear from you to you as well. Give us your list, your top three, your top five defensive rookie of the year candidates. And uh, you know, if you if you just want to throw out one name, it doesn't have to be the guy at the very top. It doesn't have to be the Will Anderson. It could be anybody. You might want to shout out a long shot bet. Maybe it's the Jack Campbell bet. Maybe it's Kalaj Canty. Maybe it's Miles Murphy. Whoever it is, we'd love to hear from you guys. Best way to get in on the conversation and get into the attic community is to do so with the YouTube comments, youtube.com backslash at NFL Stock Exchange. Um, if you are there, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. We would very much appreciate it. If you are audio only, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Tampa Bay Trey or at Connor J. Rogers. That's a great way to uh, let your voice be heard. And we'll obviously try to get those into the show and into the comments as much as possible as well. Uh, Connor, anything else before we get out of here? I'm just always fascinated by the... The plus, there's just like a giant cluster of guys that are available at plus 10,000. And I'm looking, oh, I'm like, do, if, I, who do we if have? I had like a $5 bill in my pocket that it was just burning a hole in my pocket, I wanted to get rid of at the kiosk. Who would I put my $5 you had on? To say, you had to say at the kiosk because Big Casino won't the let kiosk. you. Big Casino will not let me bet on my phone. Um, <laughs> man, I love Big Casino. It's so good. <laughs> it's so freaking good. Oh, man. Uh, who's, who's plus 10,000? Who's... I mean, nobody like phenomenal, obviously. Obviously, they're plus 10,000. But who yeah. would it like give me, give me some names? Like, what if Marte Mapu just like goes bananas? Goes, goes full Belichick disciple. Yeah, gets, yeah. Gets, classic. gets six sacks, four interceptions, uh, um, forces four fumbles. Yep. You know, which is in his ballpark. Right. That's what I'm saying. That, that would be my plus 10,000. I wish Keanu Benton was plus 10,000. He is plus 8,000. Oh, I mean, okay. he, that man is that man is quite good at football and behind a lot of players he shouldn't be behind. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a fun one, man. I'm 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 excited for us to go back and review these. It was fun that we split last year. We each mm-hmm. got one of them. And I, hopefully hopefully we don't miss like that's the only thing. We <laughs> like we got to get it. 
whoever wins the award. We have, they have to be drafted. <laughs> we both got in the fifth round last year, but, but I know sweaty, real sweaty. But damn it, we got it. It's we tough. It. Yeah, if if we had ten swings of the bat and we didn't get it, that's uh that's not good. Oh, by the way, um, just like we said for the episode on Monday, let us know what you guys think the stipulation could be. Connor and I are oh, going to yeah. do a better job of keeping score of how we do against each other when it comes to these like face-off kind of shows like offensive and defensive rookie of the year you know we'll probably do the same at some point for like wide receiver champion again mvp awards like uh offensive and defensive player of the year we're, we're going to do a lot of those episodes when we get closer to the season uh like the combine draft that we do and we want to tally all of those up and whoever gets the most wins in a draft season i think that someone should have to do something for the other and we don't want it to be punishment based it's not like oh the loser has to do this no no no. we yeah, want it to be about supposed the to be a good thing like i've got to buy connor again like connor like a, a vintage jersey or like so like some sort of like award thing or like whatever or vice versa whatever it happened like whoever wins we want to hear from you guys you guys are incredibly creative we know you guys are doing all sorts of bets when it comes to like fantasy football for their winners and things like that. So maybe you guys got some great ideas that we would uh, love to hear from anything else before we get out of here. Connor? No, this is a fun one, man. And we, like I say, at the end of every show, we're knocking down the door for summer scouting. So if you're just, if you're just itching for more scouting talk, which some of you are, which is very impressive to me, by the way, I, I always feel like people have fatigue after the draft, but with our listeners, it's like, Hey, when are we getting the quarterback right? Cause it's, it's really, really cool to see. So we are just excited as you guys are and, and that will be coming, but we got to get the rookie of the year talking, man. It's you can't talk about this class for an entire year and then just dump them off and be like, I'm never talking about you again. So I think Trevor, that's why you had planned. And I'm a big fan of this because we did it last year and I'm looking at our rosters and it's just like a really cool exercise. We are going to do the under 25 draft again, which yep. is just f phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. That's the episode that's coming up on Monday. So if you liked this draft format, we're opening it up even more. Connor and I are going to draft against each other. All the all under 25 teams. We're going to have full starting lineups, full offenses, full defenses. And then you guys got to choose whose team is better between the pool or from the pool of guys who will be under the age of 25 by the time week one starts. It's a great way to shout out some of the best young players in the game. And it's, of course, another opportunity for one of us to get a point towards winning something. Remember the Madden simulation of it? Yeah. Did, didn't my team like absolutely to me? It was like your six, team? It was like 61 to like 32. Going for the repeat, baby. We Justin Herbert through. threw like eight interceptions for me. <laughs> and his receivers were like Jamar Chase and someone else. And I'm like. Yeah, it's because my defense was that was locked down. Locked that's down, a reminder. Baby. It's a reminder of the state of Madden, by the way, right now, folks. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, all right. the game. Now, now big the game. Madden, now never big, the player. Big Madden's against you. As, big Madden as and Big well. Casino <laughs> are, are totally haunting me. I'm running out of hobbies. We will, we will recap uh, our draft from last year before we get into the one this year. But that's coming on Monday. We're super excited about it. I'm Trevor Sigma. That's Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. We'll see you next time. Yeah.